Welcome into Retired Bros. My name is Alex Simon, and today my guest is Bill Schufelt, owner and co-founder of Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company is pioneering a craft beer revolution. They believe you should have... Three, two, one... They believe you shouldn't have to sacrifice your ability to be healthy, active, and at your best to enjoy brews. So they created an innovative lineup of refreshing, non-alcoholic craft beers. Uh, I am holding their Run Wild non-alcoholic IPA. Contains less than 0.5% alcohol by volume. Um, this is their, this is my second favorite beer in their lineup. It's an awesome, uh, IPA for being non-alcoholic. I mean, if you opened it up, poured it into a glass, looked at it, everything from the refined bubbles to the head to smell, taste, feel would suggest a classic craft IPA. Number one is their Upside Dawn for me. It's a little lighter, uh, more of a uh, classic American lager in a, and um, it's just both of them are super refreshing. Those are their top two uh, best-selling beverages. They also have a coffee porter um, and uh, I think a, a lager, which is coming out in the summer, a seasonal and these beers are, I mean, the uh, Run Wild is 70 calories. The Upside Dawn, I think, is 60. So they're super low-caloric cal- um, beverages. I enjoy one. Um, I've obviously cut down my drinking to zero. <laughs> I don't drink very much, so it's nice um, when you do um, have a craving for a beverage uh, that you can go to the refrigerator and uh, have a non-compromising athletic brew. Now, I don't go through these like I used to go through the alcoholic beverages. It's just something that you can have, you know, instead of water (laughs) at, uh, at at your dinner table. So, it's a nice, nice company. Bill's products been flying off the shelves um, because of the low alcohol volume. He can, you know, sell this stuff in California. He doesn't have to adhere to the archaic state liquor laws and uh, interstate liquor sales. Um, he cannot keep up with demand. Um, So with that, wherever you are, however you may be listening, cheers and welcome in Bill Schufeld.
kind of like we're on the uh we're not on the back nine i think was the analogy but like we're definitely approaching the clubhouse this is retired bros with alex simon is this being broadcast like is this gonna be broadcast somewhere or is this we talk bro culture you know, guys getting together, not for uh-huh. nefarious purposes, but for uh-huh. uh, just being stupid dudes. Obviously, college, you're at your, probably your peak, bro. Maybe some of us are retired. <laughs> We're changing our relationship with alcohol. As we, uh, as we age with beauty, it gets a lot easier not drinking because, I don't know about you, but the, the next day and the effects, just they're not worth it. No more beer? No more beer. Tore my stomach really? to pieces. Yeah. You remember the yeah. movie The Revenant? Yeah. That's what my stomach is like on beer when the grizzly bear attacks. We talk sports. You were alive and aware during this time period, you think Michael Jordan is the best. If you're like five years younger than us, you think it's LeBron James. It's time to make a deposit and invest in some retired bros. Now that I'm out in the world making a good living, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. My boss was like, well, there's yeah. no official work from home policy, so we're going to have yes. to ask you to get in as soon as possible. I'm just getting in there to sit at my desk to return emails, so it's just like, right. I, I mean, the, the power of the internet is that I can do this from home. I mean, I think Tim Duncan is yeah. 39 or maybe he's 40, and that's mm-hmm. you know, not that far off. So you I mean, I'm no scientist either. I'm just, I'm just an idiot yeah, with hands and thumbs. You can't fail to keep trying. Bill Schufelt, founder of Athletic Brewing Company and pioneer in non-alcoholic craft brewing. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, I want to take it all the way back. Where are you originally from, Bill? Oh, thanks, Alex. Really appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm from Connecticut. You are from Connecticut. Okay. Yep. And you, um, I was, I was looking at, uh, I was studying, um, uh, your LinkedIn profile. You went to, uh, Middlebury college up in Vermont. Yep. And, uh, you studied business and finance. Uh, yeah. Economics and, um, yeah, Middlebury is just a good, well-rounded school. You study a little bit of everything. Um, but loved it up there. It's, uh, I mean, Vermont has a very special place in my heart. It's just absolutely gorgeous, super nice people, uh, a lot of outdoor activities and like the best of all seasons, really. It is very pretty, uh, country. And, uh, from there you went into, uh, finance. Yep. A career Um, in finance. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd grown up in uh, the suburbs of New York, and then um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And um, mm-hmm. but I'd seen so many examples of like all I knew growing up was people riding the train into New York City, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so got a job in finance. It was super stable, and um, yep. And you said on the we- on your website that. Um you know, you were looking at improving your health and um, your mindset. And it was the uh, life-changing event of marriage that caused you to kind of look at um, possibly going alcohol-free and, um, 
And then that also led you to, you know, craft beer, which was such a big part of, you know, uh, Vermont and Vermont's culture. So, so what was it about, I guess, um, you know, that time of your life where you were looking for non-alcoholic alternatives, um, to make you go, um, you know, alcohol free. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, out of college, I went like right into career immediately and mm-hmm. was just kind of, and went right into my first job in finance. And I worked for two great firms, uh, Knight Capital Group and um, Point mm-hmm. 72 Asset Management. And was a super stable finance job. Uh, mm-hmm. Worked with a lot of great people who I learned a ton from. Um, and, but immediately you kind of get in, like living in New York City in your 20s, you go, like I was going to two or three work dinners a week and then out with my friends another, say, three nights a week. and um yeah just like i guess almost like a continuation of college in many ways where Mm -hmm. it was all your free time going to bars and restaurants and um but i was like living this life where my day job was so performance focused in finance and you had Mm -hmm. to be on your toes and intellectually sharp and you're constantly being challenged by everyone had to bring your own fresh ideas every day and your good analysis and even before that in the day, I loved waking up at five, five thirty in the morning and going boxing, going for a run. Um, mm-hmm. And the more I was like going out to two or three nights a week and having like a steak and like a drink, two, mm-hmm. five drinks, mm-hmm. it would really, as I got a little older, I started to become more aware just like how much that affected my performance in all areas. Like, not even necessarily just like my performance at work, but how I felt if I could wake up and work out, the quality of that workout. Um, and me and my wife have been together a long time and she's uh-huh. an incredibly talented chef and really um, just super thoughtful. And like uh-huh. we were both starting to eat plant-based and organic foods. And uh-huh. I noticed how well that made me feel. Um, but we are also, I was turning 30 as we were about to get married and I was kind of evaluating all those things at once. And alcohol was this one thing in my life that it didn't add anything. It was only kind of like a number to like the stresses of the world. And I thought it was like that daily escape where, mm-hmm. um, but, but really it wasn't making anything easier. It was just making every other part of my life harder or less present. Um, and, Mm-hmm. So I, uh, about six months before I got married, I stopped for a month as I was training for a long ru- a long race. Um, mm-hmm. And I noticed I just felt incredible. I slept great every night. I felt mm-hmm. super sharp at work. All my nights and weekends were like fresh and present with my wife and or my mm-hmm. fiance at that point. Um, and after I had like, well, I was like, every time I went for a run, I felt like I wanted to accelerate the whole time. And for the first time mm-hmm. in my life, I was sleeping right through the night. Um, and so after that month, it was actually a really easy decision to let it go and not look back. Um, mm-hmm. I'd never been one for self-awareness or introspection, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like a first example that helped open my eyes to that. And um, yeah, I never went back after that month. It was um, definitely the single most positive choice I've ever made in my life and had positive ripples throughout every other area in my life. Mm-hmm. 
And so what made you start to look at the, um, the void in the craft beer industry? Because, you know, there's, um, you're going, you're starting to quit, um, alcohol or, or ramp it back down and, and you're, you know, you're sleeping better. You're seeing some improvements. Um, what kind of planted the seed in your brain that there was this void in the craft beer market in, in, uh, in a beers? Yeah. I'd gone to college in Vermont and Vermont was really one of the leading tip of the spears in the craft beer world where right. you had so many great breweries within 20, 30 minutes of Middlebury, like Long right. Trail, Magic Hat, which were craft beer classics. But then a quarter mile down the street, I had Otter Creek Brewery. And like on Sundays, we'd go there and buy like a keg for our kegerator of like really nice beer for the week. And mm -hmm. we really started to get an appreciation of these amazing complex flavors of craft beer. Um, the, like you start to realize that like, oh, wow, if you're not just drinking American light beer, like you can get all the complexity of a good meal in a glass. Mm -hmm. um, and like bre brewers are so talented and like a good brewer is every bit as talented as like a top chef. And mm -hmm. um, so I've had this love of craft beer and I always, I always sought to like order really cool craft beers on menus at New York city restaurants when I could find them. Mm -hmm. um, New York's craft beer scene pre 2010 was actually really slow to evolve. But um so after I stopped drinking in 2013, um, I still loved all the things I used to love to do. It's not like it's not like my whole personality changed. It was just I didn't do it with alcohol. So I still mm -hmm. love going to sports bars with my friends. I still love going to dinner with my wife or groups of friends. Still, I was like in the middle of like all my friends getting married, mm -hmm. um, loved fishing and other sports and like doing like a Spartan race and having celebratory beers after it's just, I hit every one of those occasions and there wasn't a beverage for me. And I mean, I'd made this in my eyes, like hugely positive choice. And every time I went for one of those traditional non-alcoholic beers, that has been mm -hmm. around the seventies or eighties, mm -hmm. there was this stigma where everyone would ask, Oh, like what happened? Did something mm -hmm. happen? And I'm like, yeah, it, something happened. I'm like, I've like changed my whole life and outlook yeah. on health and like happiness and sleep. And um, mm -hmm. it, it was so weird to have something that was like so universally positive in my whole life that was universally socially deemed kind of weird. Like mm -hmm. only when I had those drinks in my hand, but like I also very quickly realized like at sports bars and stuff that like no one really cared if I was drinking as long as right. I was having fun. Um, mm -hmm. And I liked buying rounds for people more than I ever liked drinking rounds myself. Um, mm -hmm. It's just that I couldn't get myself a good beverage. Um, and so like, it was really tough to reconcile going from this landscape with amazing options and meal pairings and social mm -hmm. situations to this like scorched earth of offering. And <laughs> so, yeah, and I like I never in a million years would have thought I'd start my own business and like especially not a food business. And mm -hmm. I didn't it's not like I had fifty ideas for a small business and I chose one that I thought was the most promising. Mm -hmm. I mean I, I had one idea ever and like I literally couldn't shake it and was like so obsessed with it from the moment I first realized it. Um and yeah, so I was like two years in and was walking to dinner with my wife and kind of the usual as like, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I know they're not going to have anything interesting on the menu. And I'm going to have to have like a Diet Coke with this pasta. And, um, and it like totally ruins the meals. I was like, I can't believe with how great craft, the craft beer world is that no one can make a good non-alcoholic beer. And mm-hmm. my wife like stopped in her tracks and was like, mm-hmm. you should do that. And she's, I'm definitely mm-hmm. like a very optimistic person, but she's usually mm-hmm. like my governor. And it was so weird to <laughs> see her stop and like recognize that moment and push me. And mm-hmm. it was weird without her identifying that and her like talking about it that night at dinner. And then when we got home from dinner, she like just started researching and she's, she's super smart. Mm-hmm. She has an MBA and um, mm-hmm. she was like, oh my goodness. She's like, you could combine the most positive thing that's happened in your life and just like spread that like wildfire. And I was like, huh. Um, and like I immediately just prior to that, I'd only been thinking about it in like very simple use cases, like selfishly hoping New York restaurants would have great craft, not off all craft beer. Mm-hmm. But then it was once the idea for the potential of positive impact hit me mm-hmm. that like I couldn't, couldn't shake it. And I've never looked back after that moment. That's awesome. Um, talk about, so talk about like the transition between your career and starting and starting athletic and having, you know, a foot in kind of both places where your, your head's kind of, and heart's starting to go with your own business. And then you're still, uh, kind of in the finance area. So, so talk about kind of making that leap and what that was like. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, so I I still had this great day job and mm-hmm. it provided every comfort of life. Um, although it was a, like a super stressful job, like a top hedge fund where mm-hmm. it couldn't have been more intense and performance driven to the point where every day I was spent and was basically crawling my front door. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but after I had the idea, I would spend, I would come home from work with like the second wind and I would do like two hours of work every weeknight. Or I'd wake up at four in the morning and call people in Germany before I went to work and ask them questions about technology and like, oh, well, how much would it cost to like cost out a brewery and like get it delivered to the US? And right. uh, what kind of like read on like weekends? I knew I didn't have time to go to brewing school, but I would like, I literally downloaded every book off the curriculums of all the major brewing schools and just started to read them on weekends and highlight them. And like came up with this flow chart of like, if you do this, like what happens down the line and like came, like just kept working on like what a potential process could look like. And um, really just, I was totally obsessed with the idea and the impact it could have. And that drove me. Um, I did two years of research, developed a full business plan, did everything I could do without making it my full-time job. And I was coming into the turn of another year where in finance, there is like a bonus wave where you like get Mm -hmm. a bonus at the end of the year. And then, so if you get too far into the year, it's too hard to escape because you've already earned part of your bonus and you might as well stick it out another year. And mm. it was funny, my wife actually, at that moment too, my wife like identified the moment and was like, 
you know you can't go back next year she's like january <laughs> 1st you have to turn yeah. in your notice and um it was funny so she both like pinpointed the like idea formation and like pushed me out the door on my job basically um so yeah it was that i actually if you had asked me two weeks before that i probably mm -hmm. wouldn't have said i would have said there was like a 10 percent chance i'd quit my job at that point um, mm -hmm. but it was totally my wife being on board and supportive and pushing me out the door of finance that got me across the finish line and then the nine months after that i just did nothing but this and i traveled around and met everyone i could and was mm -hmm. just trying to find people who would be interested in this to help me and work on it with me and i had this business plan and basically got told i was crazy over and over again mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. huh. like i talked to yeah um <laughs> i talked to probably 200 potential part business partners and head brewers um before i met john our current co-founder and head brewer um mm -hmm. who credit to john who he made every bit as crazy a leap as i did and he was a mm -hmm. really highly awarded and talented brewer down in santa fe new mexico at mm -hmm. a super stable job at a great brew pub called second street and mm -hmm. john after like getting rejected 200 times john was like by far the most talented person i've talked to and mm -hmm. i couldn't believe that he saw the potential in it and so mm -hmm. convinced john to move across the country with his family and wow. kind of been off to the races ever since yeah wow and so um so you you, you land john um you start the brewery in connecticut and then how did you know or when did you start to know that like this thing's really gonna ca or catching or going to catch fire what were some like moments early on in your first couple of years where uh you're like this is really or maybe maybe you didn't maybe you didn't know uh that it would be as big as it it looks like it's growing to be so what were some early moments yeah. early signs yeah, John and I homebrewed for nine months in an empty warehouse. And then once we started construction, when the beer started to taste good, we uh, started homebrewing in his garage up up the shore of Connecticut. And we were hand bottling samples. And I would go around to Whole Foods and other partners um, mm -hmm. with just hand bottled beer that me and John had made. And I was like, what do you guys think of this? Like, it's only mm -hmm. 50 calories. You think? I could get a couple slots on your shelf for a launch. And um, it it was really tough to know. Like we knew anecdotally so many conversations I'd had with just like totally normal, young, healthy, active adults that mm -hmm. um, our population was there. Like people mm -hmm. wanted, like we have, there's a real shift in society going on where people are making much healthier choices, really mm -hmm. like cherish their mindfulness, um mm -hmm. and i could see people who drink a lot just kind of mm -hmm. like sick of it and getting mm -hmm. it and they're like you know i i probably still drink on friday nights but this is my weeknight beer and like i could probably cut back 80 percent of my drinking feel great and still have a good beer and mm -hmm. like once i started to have those conversations i knew um like we might we might have found our people but like mm -hmm. john and i 
knew we had an education hurdle on our hands for sure. Because like non-alcoholic beer had a terrible 50-year reputation when mm-hmm. we were on. Um, and it was really all just like blood and sweat. We went and mm-hmm. we sponsored 65 athletic events and we did nothing but put cans in hands of people all summer. Um, <laughs> and we, yeah, we really didn't stop doing yeah. that for like two straight years. We just gave out a ton of free beer and like let people try it and tell their friends and order it. And mm-hmm. I guess we, there was never like really a single moment where we knew like we'd really found our people. Um, but except when we just, we knew we had like we had the distributor orders and had to fill the tanks and Mm -hmm. like we thought we thought we did yeah that the brewery that we raised money to build we thought we had built for five years and Mm -hmm. we outgrew it in 10 months so wow it was like um it was just like kind of people telling us that um we'd found that moment but uh we were just we were too busy to take a step back really i mean me and john and our team were just like wearing so many hats that there wasn't any real time to reflect for a long time and how many years are you right now uh we had our two-year anniversary last wow. week so may yeah may 12th was our two-year and how many uh how many employees are you guys now uh, we have 66 teammates right now, um, okay. but for the first uh, six months, it was just four of us doing everything, and we'd brew and can in the morning. I'd go out and do sales calls. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we'd pack e-commerce packages at night and do all the administration stuff and just fire it up again in the morning. Um, but we have been super lucky in that... Um, I guess kind of everything we've done at Athletic was to try to reverse the stigma of mm-hmm. because non-alcoholic beer had always been this penalty box. And like the word sober mm-hmm. in America always had this like unalienating stigma on it where mm-hmm. we wanted to highlight sobriety for the healthy choice it is and really make it positive and aspirational. And because it, it really is such a positive choice and a turn so many people are making. And I get so excited when I see people have the light bulb go off and like moderate. It's like, there's nothing more exciting. And we wanted to attach a similar excitement to what we're doing at Athletic. And so um, we modeled our company as like a really aspirational, positive brand that mm-hmm. is built around the most exciting part of our lives, which is like health activity, the outdoors. Um, we're super charitable in that like a lot of our outdoor and active time is on the trails and we want to take care of those trails for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're hugely charitable. We donate 2% of all sales to trail and park cleanups. Wow. And as a company, we really put quality of life first, like coming from mm-hmm. the financial world with no quality of life. Um, and John coming from a super stressful food background, we wanted to build a team that was like really quality of life focused first and really community focused. And Mm -hmm. I think that like positive ethos and the mission and the company culture has luckily attracted so many great teammates. And I honestly don't know where we'd be without any single one of our teammates. So super thankful for them. And I can't believe we have over 60 people because we all talk to each other every day and it feels wow feels like feels like there's about five of us but it's uh 
it is 60 somehow. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the old saying, you know, you can't get people to love you unless you love yourself. So you guys have, looks like, are accomplishing that for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm a little biased. I am a fan of athletic brewing. Um, obviously a huge fan of a lot of the offerings. Um, I like your kind of your, your staple, which is the upside down. Um, awesome. Run wild is, is awesome. I really don't, there's really not any, any bad offering that you guys have every once in a while. I'll check your Instagram feed and, and your website. What are your current offerings? What are you excited about um, on on the new um, uh, beers that you guys are making? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Really appreciate the kind words. And um, yeah, those flagships, I mean, we are really struggling to keep up with demand on those. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Run Wild and Upside Dawn, we just, we want them to be super dependable, like, refreshing beers that people can Mm -hmm. drink in any occasion um and so we try to make those those available as tough as it is and however much people are asking for them um we did just switch over to our cerveza atletico which is our mexican lager for the summer Mm. Um, okay so yeah that'll be widely available all summer um and then in the winter we have our stout um and so we um in that we do do a different limited release every month. Um, so we have uh, this month's limited offering is our freeway double IPA, which will be mm-hmm. out intermittently all month. Um, we actually did just um, launch a collaboration with Rise Brewing Company, um, our coffee okay. stout. So yeah, yeah, Rise, yeah, Rise is a unbelievable cold brew company that's. Uh, I actually grew up with the founders uh, locally in okay. Connecticut here. And it's, it's funny. It's been my go-to cold brew coffee for years and it's fine. They started drinking our products and we became friends and it's amazing to be able to like combine like the best cold brew coffee out there with the mm-hmm. best non-alcoholic beer and make a delicious coffee stout. So we've had a lot of fun doing that and launching that in limited releases. Um, and then we did just get our San Diego brewery, our new brewery online. So oh, wow. that should make it easier to keep up with demand and offer a lot more limited releases for people. So um, kind of let our talented brewing team stretch their legs in the R&D department a little bit. So, um, <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's, it's fun to uh, – we've, so we've got a three-and-a-half-barrel system, which that can make mm-hmm. about like a 1,000 beers at a time. We've mm-hmm. got a seven barrel system, which can make like 2000 beers at a time. And then we have a 20 barrel system in Connecticut and a hundred barrel system in California. And so we make bigger batches of stuff. And then we make all the way down to small batches where like we can trial really cool stuff for the tap room. Um, like mm-hmm. an example of that is right now we're doing um, single hop IPA series where mm-hmm. like each IPA batch has a different single hop in it. And so you can like really get yeah. to know what that one hop does to the beer and like its mm-hmm. flavors. And uh, we've had a lot of fun with that the past couple of weeks and are selling a little bit through curbside delivery. It's uh, um, a little tough to get the pilot batches out there without the tap room open right now, but we're having a lot of fun on that system still. Awesome. 
Anything else you're seeing on the horizon with Athletic? Are you guys going to open up additional um, breweries across the country? Um, are you uh, thinking about, I don't know, expansion in, I don't know, major league ballparks? Is there anything kind of like you guys are seeing that, or that you'd like, where you'd like the company to go, where you'd like to be um, in, in more, uh, in more, bars and restaurants what, what what do you see as the next area for athletic for sure yeah since our supply has been so tight the past few years we haven't been able to open up that many bar and restaurant accounts because we have mm-hmm. to just keep our chain partners satisfied um so um we we do have a super talented uh sales team that um Mm -hmm. now we can finally stretch our legs and get into a lot of local bars and restaurants and so where Mm -hmm. our bars sold it will be much easier to find going forward um and we do have all sorts of other aspirations um like we are planning on doing pop-up bars all over the country in major metro areas so that like people can like come and have a pint like mm-hmm. and like try out a bunch of our different beers and we're honestly really excited just for the world to open back up again and be able to yeah. like, our favorite like our favorite thing is being able to run races with our community and then like get behind the booth and share beers after like that's why i did mm-hmm. for years and it's been so frustrating not to be able to like do these celebratory occasions and share beers with people and talk to them about like what we're working on and the fun stuff. So um, it's been, uh, the situation has been tough for everyone and we can't wait to just have some beers and see people face to face and, uh, and share beers with people. Absolutely. Well, um, athletic is an example of, you know, having both, you know, you can have, you can go alcohol free and still get a uh, delicious tasting beer. And, um, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too. Um, the, the beers are low, uh, calorie and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. My wife bought a couple of six packs for my birthday coming up. So I will be, uh, cheersing to those. And, um, you know, I, myself, have gone alcohol free. Um, I was in similar to what you were saying as uh, a loop, uh, kind of, of, of having, uh, alcohol, you know, two, three nights a week and, um, just started not sleeping well. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and it's just nice to, when I do have kind of a craving for an, uh, and I like you loved craft beer, um, you know, do have a craving. I can just have, uh, a, a nice, um, craft athletic beer. That's, uh, not compromising on taste or quality or, you know, mouthfeel, all that stuff is, is there. Um, uh, so I'm very, very impressed, uh, with the company and, and, um, you know, congratulations on all the success. Um, are you finding, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, are you finding because the beer is low alcohol or not almost not less than 5%, you're able to distribute across the country, uh, because you don't, you don't have to adhere necessarily to all the state, uh, liquor laws. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely nice to be able to reach a wider audience quicker. Um, it does come with pretty high expectations though. Um, yeah, that 
we are just a small craft brewery and most breweries that have those expectations are like big regional breweries um, that have like big forecasting schedules and monster facilities um so it's tough to um it's tough when people all over the country ask for your beer it's like we are working double shifts and like really cranking and like doing our best but uh we're so thankful for our community and people like yourself who help spread the word for us so um thank you so much for yeah having me on um and happy birthday coming up that's exciting yeah i appreciate it um yeah going alcohol free has been a definite game changer and i think it's kind of a, a secret that's getting out so um so it's nice to know that athletics there um yeah i mean i appreciate so much your time and uh you can follow um athletic brewing um uh, on instagram uh where else are you bill uh yeah instagram twitter our website we're just athletic brewing on all the social and then athleticbrewing.com awesome thanks so much for being on and uh, i appreciate your time awesome thank you so much alex really appreciate it that's it that's my time with bill Schufelt, founder of athletic brewing company in connecticut if you're a fan of the show please do follow us on instagram and facebook and then um, you can find us on uh, Anchor FM and uh, Spotify, Google Playlists, Stitcher, among others. That's it. Have a good day. Stay healthy or a good evening. <sighs> Cheers. some access to some pre-show banter hey hey bill how are you hey good thanks how are you i'm excellent i appreciate you uh coming on yeah of course doing the uh, the podcast uh i'm i'm from upstate new york so i'm from well i'm not originally from upstate new york but um illion new york so uh which is outside of syracuse very cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, Syracuse is a great area. We've sponsored the Ironman the past few years there. Um, and then they have some great distribution partners up there and Wegmans and everything. Oh, good. Excellent. Are you, um, are you a triathlete? A triathlete? Uh, not necessarily. I 
tend to do a little bit of everything. I haven't actually raced a real formal triathlon now or like an Ironman, um, but I do love running, biking, and swimming. I just haven't uh, strung it all together in a race. Oh, good. Excellent. Well, that makes sense for the, uh, the name of the, of the company. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. It, uh, I mean, everyone's athletic in their own way, you know? <laughs> All right. All right. So with that, we'll, we'll start the podcast. Um,